Blog Talk Radio. All powers to oppress people. Oh, we going back on the me and this thing. Let's try that. All powers to oppress people. African power to an African people, and black power to black people. It's your brother, uh, National Chairman Yang and Kuma, People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination, coming to you again on another Tuesday uh, to bring the message to you, which I'm always excited about doing. Uh, you know my motto. You know my motto. If you have listened to this show anytime, you know uh, you know the philosophy is African communalism. Together, there is nothing we can't accomplish. Individualism only ensures a certain destruction, our death, our inability to complete any type of task as a people. It's only going to do it when we're solidified, coming together, and moving as a whole. Um, welcome again, man. Tuesday, uh, People's Black Panther Party for Self Determination, Blog Talk Radio, my radio, your radio, an opportunity to chime in, to share your opinions, comments, to um, just for us, you and I, to get some building done on the problems that we as African people here in America face and to come up with some solutions collectively and come up with them together. Today's topic I'm talking about was the black power movement birthed out of the civil rights movement? Was the black power movement birthed out of the civil rights movement? And one of the um, reasons I'm bringing this whole conversation up that I'm talking about it is that I was informed one of my staff members uh, was watching a video. And uh, one of my comrades, who I'm, I'm pretty cool with this, brother. There's no personal beef. I think we just had a disagreement of opinions. I believe that it was said, and I could be misquoting him. I sent him a personal invite to uh, attend the show, so I'm hoping he will. But one of my had said that he didn't believe or that the black power movement wasn't birthed out of the civil rights movement, and that to say that, I was not only cheating myself but cheating the people. 
if he was referring to me, he didn't say any names. I just naturally assumed because that was a statement I had made maybe only hours earlier. Um, so it, it began, I said, well, you know what, this needs to be a topic. And why is this important? Because, like point number five says in the 10-point platform and program of the Black Panther Party for Self-Determination, or the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense, but we also have adapted and used it. Point number five of the 10-point platform and program says that we want a history, you've heard me say this, that we want a, a, a history that teaches or we want a knowledge that teaches the true history of this decadent society and the role of the black man and woman in this decadent society. In this decadent society. This is why it is important to understand how, where our struggle came from and how our struggle evolved. Whether we agree or disagree with the civil rights movement, knowing the place of origin for the philosophy and ideology that a lot of us profess to hold to is super important. And to understand its evolution is important. You see, when you know a problem from its inception, when you know a problem from the very beginning, and you see how the problem begins to exacerbate, how the problem begins to um, um, magnify and grow, and what's fueling and aiding this, this problem. And you begin to see the effects of this beast, this problem that it has on the people. Then you begin to understand why the people respond in kind, why they begin to take the various measures that they take, why their philosophy and their ideology begins to change. See, and once you have this understanding, then the evolution process, the process to evolve, to adapt to the situations that face you as a human being, and especially since we're talking about revolution and we're talking about the condition of African people in America, let me speak specific then. Let me speak about specifics. We begin to understand how these problems affect us directly, why we as African people in America react the way we do, and why our philosophy begin to change. Why our philosophy begin to change. Here's why I say that the black power movement was birthed out of the civil rights movement. I think first we have to go to definitions. We first have to begin to identify what the civil rights movement was, is, and what it was about, what the civil rights movement was, is, and what it is about, and I can't find my spectacles right now. Here they go. The civil rights movement was about um, the civil rights movement was about inclusion. It was about inclusion. I don't think in the beginning, anywhere in my studies do I find that the civil rights movement began about assimilation, but it began about saying that, you know, especially after, um, even before, even before, you know, here's the funny part, doing my research and, and study, we found, I find that, you know, a lot of times we, we attribute the civil rights movement to in 1955 when the likes of you had uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and Roy Wilkins, who was the uh, then president of the National Advancement Association for Colored Folk, for Colored People, the NAACP. You know, in around 1955, a lot of us historically attribute this to being the birth of the civil rights movement for the African here in America. But I find that it goes further back than that. The fight for inclusion, the fight to be from up under oppressive rules and regulations, goes all the way back to even before Frederick Douglass. As long as you had African people here in America, 
that, um, you know, that begin to, especially after slavery had been here for, you know, some years, begin to question their place in here. They knew that slavery was inhumane. I mean, what human didn't? They knew that slavery was inhumane, and they began to want and desire something better for their life, for their existence. And in their limited knowledge, understand this, we've been taken from Africa. We've been disconnected from our place of origin. We've been disconnected from our culture, from our customs, from things that are familiar to us. This is a whole new, we're a whole new breed, essentially. And so in this new land that we're in, with these new names that have been given to us, and this new language that we speak, the new foods that we eat, why even the new God that we worship, we try to find our place and not understanding, you have to understand that when a human being has been taken out of his natural habitat or anything taken out of their natural habitat and has been made dependent on um, a system, then they begin to lose some of its originality. And I'm hoping I'm using some of the best words. These may not be the best words, but we begin to lose some of our originality. And what I mean by originality is some of our origin, what makes us us. But there is always in the soul of the human being the desire for better. And what we know to be better is who we saw living a better life, our oppressor. That's what we knew better was. What else were we going to compare better to? You know, you saw your oppressor live the life that you thought was a better life. What else were you comparing better to? So in that, especially when we had our more educated uh, spokesmen coming up and those, you know, people those uh, um, from uh, cracker abolitionists, even outspoken black abolitionists and, and, and people who runaway slaves and just these outspoken people, they were clamoring for inclusion, their civil rights. They were saying that we want equality. We want the same protection afforded to our white counterparts. We want every right that this, that this white man is given. Those are civil rights. We want our civil rights. And so the fight begins. And this is where the fight begins. And in this effort, we start, to, we, we, we start to make ground. In this effort, we started to make some ground. I'm not, going to say, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to you that we didn't. We started to cause such a turmoil and such a chaos in society that some concessions had to be made. I'll bet they were, they were very small concessions for the advancement of African people, but they were concessions nonetheless. And when these concessions were made, when these concessions, when these concessions begin to be begin to being made by and 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 um, by us as an African people here in America, then you see the repression even increase. You see, so as the repression increased because concessions were made, such concessions is like you know one of the things that, along with economic. Um, Economic, uh, man, what is my words are escaping me today, family, so y'all be patient with me. As long as with economic pressure of the United States, when we talk about the Civil War, um, the need for the United States to 
um, when you're talking about the industrial age and keeping up with the world because slavery was affecting the industrial age, especially in the north, they couldn't. How can you keep up with the world and when the, half of your country has free labor? They don't see a need to really industrialize. They don't see that as being imperative as the rest of the world. So Lincoln had to make some decisions. But along making those decisions, understand that civil rights activists were very influential in his ear. The likes of Frederick Douglass, the likes of Martin Delaney, these people, they were in Lincoln's ear. Um, you know, so we see that what the concession begin to make, then we start to see after the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, we begin to see the amendments. What was it? The 13th Amendment ending slavery, 1865. The 14th Amendment um, giving black, black people citizenship, 1868. The 15th Amendment giving black people the right to vote, 1870. Yeah, black people had the right to vote in 1870. That just They had just taken it, and we had, they ended up doing the Freedom Rides all again. There's a whole history to this thing, brothers and sisters. So when we see the repression coming, and we see the force getting on, and we see because you had certain elements, white elements, that didn't like the advancement of African people here in America, we see, we begin to see the evolution. We begin to see the evolution of the civil rights movement in the black community. And then we start to see the sprinkles of the black power movement. We begin to start to sniff and smell the residue of the black power movement. We have to understand one of the things that I think should be understood is that the civil rights and the black power movement was an interconnected black freedom movement. It's one wasn't birthed without the gist out of the blue. Circumstances and situations gave rise to the philosophy and to the movement of these things. And this is what we find, we begin to find starting to happen. So when the elements begin to become disgruntled, we start to see more of a militancy coming into the civil rights movement, especially under the leadership when the civil rights movement or the civil, yeah, when the civil rights movement, when one of its most prolific speakers, being Dr. Martin Luther King, um, championed nonviolent causes, championed a nonviolent cause, we started to see a more militant era really come up and in, in, start to come up under that regime. Let's understand about, you know, but let me go back. Let me touch on this. Let's understand that when I'm talking about the civil rights movement, I'm sometimes using that synonymous, using that interchangeably with era. The civil rights was an era. See, a lot of times why I'm hesitant to use the word movement is because we haven't really understand the difference between a movement and an organization. The movement is the groove of a thing. The movement is the force of a thing. The movement is the culture of a thing. Organizations just participate in helping into in, in propelling the movement. Dr. Martin Luther King was not the civil rights movement. Please understand this. The SDLC was not the civil rights movement. You had NAACP. You had uh, uh, CORE, the Congress of um, Racial Equality. So you had a lot of, and there's a lot more that I'm not, you know, that's slipping my mind right now. So you had a lot of organizations that was in the civil rights movement, civil rights era, that propelled it. But 
what end up happening is that this younger, uh, some younger generations come in, other organizations start to come in, and they begin to become dissatisfied. They become begin to become dissatisfied. And here's what a lot of us don't understand where we go wrong. It wasn't so much that they became dissatisfied with what the civil rights movement was requesting. Huh? Whoa. Slow down, Chairman Yanger. What do you mean? See, a lot of us are under the um, illusion that the black power movement, when it came into fruition, that it was upset, that it was just a complete polar opposite. It was the antagonist of the civil rights movement. The black power movement was the yang to the civil rights movement yin. And that's not it. That's not it. The black power movement, this militant era, this militancy began to rise about out of the dissatisfaction with the tactics of the Dr. Martin Luther Kings and the Roy Wilkins of the NAACP. Not out of what they were asking. This is why we talk about the evolution of the black power movement or the evolution from the civil rights movement to the black power movement because it was just that, an evolution. The black power movement, the civil rights movement began to evolve from when we talk about the likes of Frederick Douglass, the likes of Martin Delaney, who in, 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 in my opinion was one of the first black nationalists. You have people who disagree with that. But in my opinion, Martin Delaney being uh, one of the first black nationalists. But you begin to see it evolve into what Dr. Martin Luther King being at the, at the height of the civil rights movement in 1955 to what him being a spokesman was about, which was about not just integration, but, um, you know, well, integration and the tactic he used being uh, a nonviolent tactic, what do you call it, passive resistance, something to this effect. And that tactic didn't sit well with the people. That tactic didn't sit well with the people at all, especially the people following this. We have reported that, what um, did Stokely Carmichael say? Stokely Carmichael, and I believe... Um, um, What's that brother's name? Hamilton. Um, what's it? Charles Hamilton wrote in their book, Black Liberation. They said that a nonviolent approach to civil rights is an approach that black people can't afford and that white people don't deserve. A nonviolent approach to civil rights is an approach that black people can't afford and white people don't deserve. Understand this, and, and Stokely Carmichael being a strong proponent or one of the later on eventually becoming one of the most outstanding spokesmen for the black power movement. Understanding in his writings and teachings, in his early, especially in his earlier writings and teachings, when we see the transformation from Stokely Carmichael to, our, um, to the beloved Kwame Torre, we can see that a lot of his grievances aren't with what the civil rights movement is asking for in the beginning, but with the tactics that the civil rights movement is using that the tactics that the civil rights movement is using. Stokely Carmichael told us, he said that, um, Stokely says, when he talks about what is black power, when he says what is black power, Stokely says, let me see, I have it right here. He talks about black power being uh, self-determination, racial pride, creation of black political and cultural institutes to nurture and promote black collective interests and, and, and advance black values. 
Let me read that again. Stokely said black power was self-determination, racial pride, creation of black political and cultural institutions to nurture and promote black, black collective interests and advance black values. That was the difference in that time between the black power movement and the civil rights movement. He didn't say anything. You don't read anywhere in his early writings where he talks about separation, where he talks about uh, nation building of our own, but he talks about our collective power within an existing power structure. This was the first thing of black power, saying we need black power, not a separate black power, but saying that we need to be collective, that our interests need to be forced and foremost in black people's minds, that we should stick together, work together, that we have to look out for one another. Still within the line with the so-called civil rights movement. We look at another proponent to me, who was a black power general, Robert F. Williams, Negroes with guns, clearly in the civil rights movement. Why, wasn't he the president of the Monroe, North Carolina, NAACP? Clearly in the civil rights movement. Hands down. You can't refute that. But he didn't take the stance nor the position about nonviolence. He, you know, Robert Williams' stance was if you, we will meet violence with violence. If you're violent to us, if you bring it to us, we have a right and will defend ourselves on every turn. Clearly, civil rights. So I'm trying to figure out how our people are saying that this black power wasn't birthed from the civil rights when we're seeing this evolution, when we're seeing these the, 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 the evolution of black people being dissatisfied with the tactics of the civil rights movement. Now, remind you again, not the goals and aims in the beginning, but the tactics. And they begin to take on more of a militancy. And then as we begin to take on more of a militancy, and when black power begin to grow as a concept, begin to grow as a philosophy and an ideology, then we find the variance of black power. Then we find that whole evolution. We find the end. We find the civil rights era slowly waning and coming to an end and the black power movement gaining sustenance. Sustenance. Gaining momentum. Gaining a following. We find it being expressed in the literature, in the culture, in the arts. We find the dreams of African people begin to exceed beyond just being uh, incorporated and counted amongst a number of people who clearly historically have shown us that they don't want us here. You find us daring to dream of something bigger. But why did we dream? Because the dream given to us was a dream deferred. The idea of freedom and equality found in assimilating and integrating began to lose its lackluster. But that's an evolution. That's an evolution. We had to go through that to evolve, to understand two things. One, that the civil rights movement, that integration, I'm not going to say the civil rights movement, I thank God 
for the civil rights movement. I thank God for the civil rights movement. Because I one am one of those people that believe that the black power movement was birthed from it. So I thank God for those predecessors who came and though I don't necessarily personally agree with the philosophy of nonviolence, uh, uh, or turning the other cheek philosophy, nor do I agree with assimilation in a lot of instances, in most instances, nor do I agree with integration. I'm a separatist. I will not play with you. But we find that I find that had it not been for my predecessors, I would have not known that those things not only don't work for us, not only don't work for us, but that those things or just um, fairy tales put out here. So we see this, to go back, so we see this evolution. And as the evolution, as we begin to grow, as the militancy of the civil rights movement begin to grow, it begin to take a life of its own with, like I said, the likes of the Stokely Carmichaels. But even before then, when you go to the Robert F. Williams, but the likes of the Stokely Carmichaels, the SNCC and the core, the Congress of Racial Equality, who began to adopt the terminology black power and turn black power into an ideology and a philosophy. I can see how a lot of us would think that, you know, black power was around before the civil rights movement or during the civil rights movement because it was a slogan that had been used. Yeah, it was a slogan that had been used. It had been used before the Stokely Carmichaels and the Mikasa Ricks. And, and shout out to my brother, uh, Mikasa Ricks. But it was a slogan used before them. Black power had been one of the earliest terms of black power being used is in Richard Wright's book, uh, uh, Black Power, 1954. Adam Clayton Powell used the word black power. He said that black power was a God-given right. To demand these God-given rights is to seek black power. These are the words of Adam Clayton Powell, Jr. I think a couple months before Stokely. So as a slogan, it was used. It was even used as Frederick Douglass, but not in the way, uh, by Frederick Douglass, but not in the way that we use black power. He used black power uh, as synonymous with slave power when addressing the white power structure. And he said that the white power structure used black power meaning slave power. So the slogan, the terminology had been around, but it being an ideology and philosophy didn't begin to cultivate, didn't begin to really take a grip and a hold until we find around the area of 1965. We find it being cultivated into an ideology and a philosophy. Black power as a concept. Black power as a way that we can live our life, that black power as a solution to the problem, to racism, classism, and every exploitive and oppressive and suppressive means used against African people here in America. And we find the variants. And this is what I talk about when I talk about that evolution. We find black power beginning to emerge into a uh, black power begin to emerge into a self-defense. Well, we've seen that during the civil rights movement. Like I said, with the Robert F. Williams and everything, we begin to see that, that militancy come in. And then we see black power begin to merge into a self-determinist understanding. Black power becoming synonymous with self-determination. Black power being... 
uh, a revolutionary concept. And what I mean by self-determination and a revolutionary concept, there again, to quote uh, Kwame Toure, formerly known as Stokely Carmichael, he said only black people can convey the revolutionary idea. Only black people can convey a revolutionary idea. And it is a revolutionary idea that black people can do for themselves, self-determination. We begin to see black power take on this type of ideology, begin to form into this type of philosophy. And like any philosophy, ideology, anything that evolves and grows, you're going to have people that you're going to have a variance of it. Black power has its variance. I said that I'm a separatist and I'm a Black Panther, but the Black Panthers of old under the leadership of Chairman Bobby Seals and the Defense Minister U.P. Newton weren't separatists. Uh-oh, man, what did Yangus and Yangus dropping today? I know I'm against some car. You thought my last show <laughs> got, some, got me some comments to where I had to make a lot. Yes, the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense out of Oakland, California, were not separatists. They were not even a black nationalist movement. Why well, I go to the word of one of the co-founders, Chairman Bobby Seals. Chairman Bobby Seals said the oppression of black people was more of a result of economic exploitation than anything innately racist. We believe our fight is a class struggle and not a race struggle. These are the ch- Chairman Bobby Seals. But still, we were, I will profess because they're all the black power that that was an aspect of the black power movement, the Black Panther Party even though they weren't black separatists. And that's a, you know, side note. Let me do a side note. For all you cats calling yourself Black Panthers like we are, but you people stamping yourself with original, stop that. Stop that. Because you're stamping yourself with original stamps and you're black nationalists, you're black separatists, you're black supremacists, and the Black Panther Party, the third development Black Panther Party of Oakland, California, was none of those things. So you niggas are just stamping yourself with something, trying to trying to uh, validate yourself. It's like, do you validate parking? Niggas trying to validate yourself. Because the jargon, the rhetoric that you're espousing is not the rhetoric, is not the philosophy, is not the ideology of the Panther Party uh, uh, from Oakland, California, the Black Panther Party Self-Defense, Oakland, California, as founded by Bobby Shields and Huey P. Newton. It's not the same thing. So you're trying to fool the people, the masses of people, by stamping original to your shit. It's, it's ridiculous. It's sickening, actually. It's sickening. You need, you need to cut it out if you're not adhering to those original principles and tendencies. Um, but we say that so we find that black, uh, black, the black power movement began to take these forms and shapes, and it began to evolve just like it did from the civil rights movement. This is what it does. This is the nature of a thing. So this is, that's, that's my spiel. This is what I want to talk about. I just wanted to lay the groundwork so we can begin that discussion on this whole topic. Was the black power movement birthed out of the civil rights movement? Listen. Press one. If you agree, if you, if you disagree, or if you do, if, even if you do agree. And you want to add to the conversation, press one, we'll open your mics and we'll share. But that's my spill on it. Because I think too many times we don't understand where our ideology and our philosophy comes from, if we have one at all. 
if we have one at all. And since we don't understand the evolution, since we don't understand the inception of this thing that we profess, then it leaves us to be all over the place. And what we're labeling as black power, what we're labeling as revolutionary, is not revolutionary in, 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 in the slightest. What we're labeling as black nationalism or pan-Africanism is not black nationalism, nor is the pan-Africanism in the slightest. We've had the people to deceive us, to run us around the, uh, run, ring around the roadsies, telling us any kind of thing. And because we haven't traced it back to its root, to its origins, just like you find in the African and America, one of the problems we are facing is not being connected to our origin. You find it in our revolutionary ideology and philosophy. It having no place of origin outside of some nigga y'all have watched on YouTube or somebody y'all inboxing, even if that somebody is me. Man, we have to grow, and we really have to grow. Let's go to our phone lines. Area code 446, area code 449086. Black Power, huh? Black Power, nephew. What's good, man? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. I'm glad to be a part of the show, man. Well, one of the things I just wanted to add, you know, uh, a, a lot of a, a lot of reasons that people carry these titles, uh, uh, self-imposed, mm-hmm. uh, they just carry them. Because, well, I'm going to say this, every panther that I've met so far behind enemy lines has been the biggest pile of doo-doo ever. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. I ain't met one. I have not met one sincere yet that used it. Because you know me. I'm like, okay, let's make some phone calls. Let's make a real connection. We might be to do some shit down here. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, of course. You know that's what I'm trying to do. Well, let's go and tap in and make this official. Well, let me mm-hmm. tell you why they why they carry these titles because they just want to move amongst the people as uh, 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 with a certain uh, status or or, or 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 with a certain swagger. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? But they don't want to walk yeah. the walk. They just they just want to they just want to talk like a panther. And they, but when it comes time to step up or uh, uh, when it comes down to when it comes time to shoot down certain ideas, you'd be surprised how far ideas can go in here. You take one word, uh, 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 set three hundred people upside down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when yeah. it comes down to shooting down the wrong thing that's in the opposite direction of, of where the party's moving, period. I don't care what branch or chapter you represent. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When it comes down yeah. to doing this type of thing. There, uh, they, they, it's non-existent. You know what I'm saying? And and, yeah. and they try to just, they try to move. I don't know. I don't know what they're getting at. I guess they have their own uh, uh, motives, but it's, it's never sincere. And I've been mm-hmm. about four to just prove. I mean, to just claim to be just this, that, the third. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's not. It's not. And it's the older cats is what a shout you. All the time, it doesn't. The older cat hits you with the mm-hmm. real misdirection. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. when it comes time to put up a shut up, uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's yeah. you know, they non-existent. You know what I'm saying? You you have them come through. I had one come through. He said he was a more, but 
you know. But first he was saying he was a he was an original panther. And we chopped it up one time. I never heard it again out of his mouth. Never ever yeah, yeah, got people that. around here signing pieces of paper, signing away whatever it is they signing away. I don't know what they signing. I stayed I stayed away from it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But they come behind the wall, and you know, and and, and they doing they 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 they, they, they it's counterproductive to what to the yeah. system or the programming that that we trying to put on the people. So you have so many imposters, and it's doing more harm than good. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? And you can't Absolutely. fly. You can't really fly the flag behind the wall because they're gonna they're gonna limb from limb. They're gonna tear you up. The system's gonna oh, yeah. tear you up. You know what I'm oh, saying? Yeah. You fly oh, flag. Yeah. Somebody you with the party. You're gonna see every bit of the state of Georgia. You're gonna see Boy, every bit of it. You're gonna, gonna see day for day. Oh, they're gonna they move gonna you. You're gonna see day for day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, you know, it's the same thing on the street. You know what I'm saying? They, you mm-hmm. know, I mean, all of us look up to these people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Bobby Hutton and, and, and these and these fellas. You know what I'm saying? But 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 some of them, you know, they they. They're moving in the wrong direction, like you know, a wolf in sheep clothing. And, and it's sad to say that a lot of the leaders are. This is what they are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They 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 yeah. they they're steering us in the wrong direction from the people on the TV mm-hmm. to, to to the ones who walk the streets. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. 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 I can. You know, and like you said, man, that is one of the sad truths. What they what you have, and I find this too, even on the outside. You're going to find that same thing on the outside. You find the older brothers who are banking on, hoping that you don't know any better, hoping that you haven't done your studies and your research. Brother, come up and tell you how much of an original Panther they were. You know, first thing I tell them, I didn't know there was a Panther retirement home. That's something that my father says, who was a so-called original. We don't call them original. We call them third developments. But, you know, he tells me, like, he's still in the struggle. And he was one of the Louisville Seven, one of the uh, Panther Seven accused of robbing the Kentucky Derby. You know what I'm saying? He said, man, he's still in it to win it because he didn't know there was a Panther retirement home. He didn't know a revolutionary could stop fighting until the revolution was won. So that's the first thing. So all of this, they used to be a Panther. I like to tell them, well, why are you out of formation, brother? There ain't no, you know, there ain't no used to be a revolution. We yeah. still in the struggle. You know what I'm saying? That's the first thing. Secondly, like I said, they're banking on the fact that you haven't done your homework or your research or that you don't do study um, uh, for the members in the party. Because, like I tell people, all my skin folk ain't my kin folk. What I'm running across now is what I'm catching some friction for is, you know, people are thinking that I'm being a little bit divisive, that I'm causing division between the black you know, in the black community amongst the various organizations that profess to be fighting for our liberation and empowerment. I don't think that I'm being divisive. What I think has, has, has happened, though, is that we've allowed the morals and the ethics to erode and to grade so bad that you got these suck-ass niggas falling into our ranks, derailing and sidetracking uh, the revolutionary movement for the sake of solidarity and unity. For the sake of being together, we will sit back and watch a bandit, watch a rogue, watch someone who doesn't have the interests of the black nation at heart or the best interests of black nation at heart, but because they spit out a few black facts or black quotes or puff the black fist, we'll embrace them wholeheartedly for, for the sake of numbers. I'm not into quantity. I'm into quality. 
You dig where I'm coming from? So this is one of the things. And so when you get you and I, brothers like yourself and myself, and uh, membership in the People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination and other comrades I know in other formations out there, when you get them standing up, when you get them saying, hey, this isn't the way of a panther or this isn't the way not just of a panther, of a revolutionary, then you have those people that have a problem with it because they can't, like you said, run their agenda. They can't run their agenda. The revolutionary, one of the jobs of the revolutionary, one of the charges of the revolutionary is the masses of the people. They ought to be thankful. We've become so soft in our revolution uh, that, man, you know, people take it as a joke. It's become a game. They ought to, why they ought to be thankful that they don't run across the likes of Ernesto Che Guevara, whom you read in the Cuban Revolution when he ran across a bandit or when he ran across those who were counter-revolutionary and counterproductive, he would line them up and shoot them. Am I saying let's go to that tactic? I'm not saying that on the, on the air, but what I am saying is that there has to be some firmness. There has to be some resolve. There has to be a limit to what we will accept in the revolutionary movement or in the black power movement out of its participants are those who profess to be in this movement and trying to help and aid the people because we have some real parasites. We have pimps of black suffrage and misery. We got people well, that, who really that goes back to what you said about integration. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Because a lot of people, you know, when, when, you know, when we, they felt like we won the battle, we integrated, we Americans. They took the sign down. But you niggas know you're not supposed to be drinking out that water fountain. That sign, right. is, not, that, that sign is not important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, real talk. That's real talk. That, 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 you know you don't you, supposed to you be know drinking what I'm out saying? So, yeah. so when that happened, we felt the need not to run our own. We had our own lottery. Look what the lottery is doing yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. We had our own lottery. We had our own yeah. stores. You know what I'm yeah. saying? We grow up knowing Sonny and Buddy and I boo them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I sign them. Mm-hmm. We ain't growing up mom and pop them. We don't even know them. Them folks bootlegging right. out the apartment, they selling out the window. You don't know what they, right. what they moving out of there. They selling liquor, cigarettes. But hey, we used to have our own buildings and our own real place of business instead of setting ourselves up to get shut down in the first place. You see what Absolutely. I'm saying? This is what integration yeah. did. Integration yeah. did this because yeah. people felt like, you know what I'm saying, that it was a it it was to a point that where okay we made it, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. but, but that was that was that was not the case. It was an illusion. It was it was all an illusion. You know what I'm saying. So so you don't mm-hmm. have to you don't have to fight the passion. You brothers can go home. No need to fight the power anymore. You got the power, just like the white man got the power. Yeah. That's what they're trying to yeah. tell us. The, the battle is over. You are American. Yeah. You yeah. see what I'm saying? See, once they, get, yeah, once they get you to buy into the American dream, that's half the battle. But we must understand what the American dream, the economic philosophy that the American dream is built on, and that's capitalism. See, once, the, you know, once we were into segregation and excluded from full participation in a capitalist America, we had to resort the some of the last remnants of Africa that existed in us. We practiced, which was communalism. When we were segregated, we knew all we had was one another. We knew that we could not participate in the so-called American dream, which is a capitalist dream, that they wouldn't allow us to be a part of that. 
So what we had was one another. So it was more our communities were based economically were based on a communalist model. We looked out for one another. And when we integrated and began to assimilate and bid into this American dream of capitalism, capitalism only promotes a certain percent. You see, capitalism isn't for the masses. Everybody, you all, you hear them talking about the 1%. Everybody can't get ahead in a capitalist society. Everybody can't get ahead in a capitalist society. I don't care what they're out there selling you, brothers and sisters, or you can do it if you put the only way that you can, if you remotely have a chance, and it's just a chance, it's not a guarantee, is to begin to sell off members of your ethnicity. You cannot, in order to survive in a capitalist society, being a minority, you cannot, you cannot be for the collective. You cannot be for the collective. You have to be against the, the, the whole, and you have to be willing to separate yourself, distance yourself, and do what it takes. To uh, reap their rewards, to be into their, you know, to that, when I talk about that elitist group, that's the only way that they're going, you're going to make it in this so-called American dream. And I think that that's what they took the civil rights from. That's what they took integration from. You know, in my studies of the civil rights, I didn't really see where they wanted to be so-called white. You know, and if somebody disagrees, please, this is a conversation, press one. You're listening to the People's Black Panther Party Self-Determination. I'm on. We got Chairman, uh, Chairman James on from behind enemy lines, and we just drop him. But I don't think that the civil rights movement was, in a t- you know, in the beginning, in, the, in its beginning, and this is my opinion, of course, where we wanted to be white. I think we were simply saying this, if I'm spending my dollars – if I'm a so-called citizen, your 13th, what is it, your 13th Amendment freed me, your 14th Amendment so-called gave me a citizenship, which I really say it just made me subjected to your laws. See what I'm saying? You didn't ask me, did I? I here's the real tr- choice of a man. When you freed us, you should have gave us three choices. You should have said, do you want to go back to Africa? Do you want to do you want to be American or do you want to start your own nation state? You can't free a people and then say that you the same people that enslaved them, free a people and then say now y'all citizens of our state. Where's the freedom in that? If you gave us a choice, if you gave us a choice, I'm sure probably eighty five to ninety percent of people be like, Hell with you white folks, we gone. What we free. You mean we can walk over oh, yeah. here, ain't no ain't nobody finna lynch us, chase us, cut our feet off, whip us and none of that. We free? They say, Yeah, you free. I'm out. I'm sure many of us would have taken that option. So, but since we didn't, and since the 14th Amendment said that we were so-called citizens, we were saying this. If I'm a so-called citizen, I want the rights of so-called citizens. And we were fighting for our rights. But in our fight for our rights, one of the tactics we used was economic boycotts. And in using that economic boycott, the, the European, the white man, began to see the value of Negro pennies. He began to see the Montgomery bus boycotts, just an example, one of the examples of, of one of the economic boycotts we used. When they shut down a bus system, he began to see how valuable Negro pennies were, how important that black dollar was, how the nigger pennies add up. Our failure 
to capitalize on. That's why I'm a black nationalist. And I, I, in those days, I wish King would have been a black nationalist. Then he, I think he would have had the right idea because the black nationalists, after seeing the success of the Montgomery bus boycott, would have said, you know what? Let's start our own bus line. This is what the black nationalists would have said. Mm-hmm. So this white man, mm-hmm. he understood, the, the white man understood the importance of black pennies. And then he began to, and he said, you know what? Let's give, let's, let's, let's give these Negroes inclusion. Let's let them come into the fold because they're dollars. And as we came into the fold, and understand, I don't necessarily blame these Negroes at that time because I understand what times they're coming from. Though I wasn't in those times, thank the most high God. But I can understand if you want a better life and you don't know what better is, better is only what you see your oppressor doing, then you're going to yearn from that. If that's what you think better is. This man who is oppressing you has a better car, he has a better house, he has finances, he has everything looks to be working for him, and you know it because you're looking from the servant level. You go cut his grass, your wife cooks his dinner and cleans his house, you uh, do carpentry on his home, you clean his businesses. So you see the other side of poverty. You see the other side of dereliction. You see the other side of just living a, a base existence. You see, you can see what material possession looks like. And any, any human being in their right mind would yearn and long for these things. So, of course, you won't. And this is what you're thinking civil rights will get you. But in that whole melee, in that whole shift, in that whole confusion, we begin to assimilate. We begin to assimilate. And the assimilation began to lead to the erosion of us as a people and as a community. And I think that these are one of the things where we start to see black nationalism evolve out of not just the nonviolent confrontations where brothers were like, look, I'm not going to be nonviolent, but also beginning to see the so-called sellout, the so-called house nigger, as some people, as, as, as our dear brother Malcolm X had called Dr. Martin Luther King, mm-hmm. the house nigger. Mm-hmm. So when people begin to see these things, when they begin to see the lack of solidarity in the black community and the erosion of the unity in the black community, they said this integration, this assimilation, the so-called civil rights is not the thing for us. So the people said, well, if that isn't the thing for us, how will we get our rights? We're living in a country that physically oppresses us. We're living in a place that our life is at risk and at stake. So how will we get our rights? And you had the likes of uh, 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 Malcolm and other great minds say, the hell with civil rights, we'll take it to human rights. But here we see there again, to go back to the initial of what I'm saying, the birth of the black power movement, where we begin to say we need to be in power. We need the black power can be synonymous with self-determination. We need to be in control of our own destiny. We have to stop relying on people to take care of us, us being independent on people. But we had to see that we had to go through this evolution. It had to be an evolution. It had to be some trials and errors somewhere. And like I said, one of the first clamoring of African people, if it wasn't trying to get back to Africa, a repatriatist movement. I, I would say that we had a repatriatist movement before the civil rights movement, but a real solid black power movement, and not a slogan, but an ideology and philosophy, I have found it hard 
to find that in with without it coming out of or without it having some uh, interaction or being interwoven with or coming on the in the middle towards the tail end of the civil rights movement. Like Chair, I said, I'm, I'm yes, sir. I got I, I I got brother Robert right here. He he, he been He wanna he he been he wanna speak. Okay, yes, sir. Chairman Yang of Black Power, my brother. Black Power Cap, what's happening, man? I'm all right, my brother. Just wanted to yes, sir. get in here with y'all, man. You know, it's 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 that fear, man. You know, it's it's so much fear still in our people that that they hear that black power and they get scared. You know, they turn around from it. You know, they neglect it. You know, all that. And, you know, uh, like the sister was saying last week, you know, what can we do to get our youth? And, you mm-hmm. know, is, 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 is get the parents. See, the parents will be able to put it in them, to iron and wash our clothes and tend to ourselves. We've got to get our parents. you got to get their parents, you know what I'm saying? But they they, they scared. They still got their chains on their brain to the point where, they they're afraid to to go against some people, you know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're afraid they'll lose their job, lose their house, lose their car if they if they if if, if they stand for what's right, you know. Yeah. And, and the fear, the, the fear so deep to where we we willing to, to to kill each other by the thousands, shoes and clothes and drugs. But as soon as one of them cracks kill us, there's no retaliation, you know. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my partner killed uh, another dude across town. His people come retaliate instantly, swiftly. But one of them kill us, you know, is is, is nothing but crying and picket picket signs. You know what I'm saying? That's that's, that's the fear. And, yeah. And and, and and that that feels so deep to where it's it's in our elders to where they they're not willing to pass this on to mm-hmm. to, to the to the youth or to the next generation because they 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 feel. It still got that 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 fear instilled in them to where they just not willing to go against them people. You know, mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if, if if a bunch of them came through and rounded up a bunch of Negroes, they'll 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 let them enslave them and again because of that fear, not willing to fight, not willing to stand, not willing to be a people. You know what I'm saying? And and that fear just just so heavy. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's, yeah. They show it every day, but a lot of people yeah. don't see it because they themselves be scared. You know what I'm saying? There's no mm-hmm. way that no justice can be done for them cracks killing one of us or two of us or three of us, and nothing is done. They walk scot-free, and nothing is done. You know, yeah. we'd rather bomb our local stores and, and, and hurt each other than, than go against them. That's fear. That's 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 is is. It's mind-boggling, really, but when you can clearly see, you know what's going on, and see mm-hmm. if if we can just get that out of our out of, out of our our path, you know, a lot can be accomplished. You know, it's it's, it's just so many cowards and 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 yes or no sirs to where you know they're working against us. You know, they're infiltrating us. You know, mm-hmm. they they're making it hard for us to really get the message across. Because the more we say black power, the more they say, oh, no, you better go to work and, and, and do what you're supposed to do. Don't you get yeah. involved with that miss, you know, not yeah. knowing that's the way to unite us. That's the way to free us because we're not free. 
although we able to yeah. get up and get in our car and go where we want when all when we want, that's that's really not freedom. You know, mm-hmm. that's 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 really that's, we don't really have freedom. And right, we can really just break that cycle, man. You know, we gonna we gonna always just be grounded in one direction, man. You know, we got to get that fear out of these people, man. I I really don't know a solution to to, to break man, that it, chain. It, it's going to be difficult. You know, one of the things, when, and I see you, Carl, I'm coming right to you next. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that, you know, is I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, Brother Robert, a bird in the hand beats two in the bush. You know, what America offers is substantial. It's tangible. You can touch it. What has happened to the so-called black power movement when we're talking about this fear that you're talking about, and this is why I'm becoming so hard on these counterproductive, counterrevolutionary Negroes masquerading as revolutionaries because their rhetoric is so flamboyant. Their rhetoric is so outlandish. What they're talking about is so unrealistic that the people who want to make a change can't put faith in that. You can't put any stock in that bull stuff these cats are talking about. And if you do... We found that when you do put faith in it, and I've been a victim of this, so my, you know, I'm talking to you from a direct experience. When you do put, hell, I just went through a, something very traumatic in my life with a family member and comrades whom I thought was down with me, in particular Panther parties. I think relished that the fact that they thought they was going to see Yang and Krumah's demise, and lo and behold, to their surprise, the ancestors elevated me, uplift me, and nigga, you niggas can't keep me down. I fight the likes of better than you niggas. So that, that little tactic you That's niggas right. were doing, and you niggas know who I'm talking about. That little stuff y'all was doing to try to be in my business and uh, exacerbate BS and stuff that wasn't true, man, I'm laughing at you now. But anyway, I said, don't let me digress, brother, because I, man, I, you know, I got a personal vendetta against that because I was hurt by it. But I say that to say being real, though, bro. No, exactly. But I say that to say this: that they offer so much fantasy, and when people do, when they find someone foolish enough to buy into that fantasy, they find that there is no substance behind any of it, and they're left dangling in the wind. And this is where the fear comes in. We haven't seen a victory, not even a small victory. We haven't seen collective economics. No Ujima, no none of them uh, uh, Nguza Saba, none of the seven principles of Kwanzaa, none of that, none of them Nguza Saba. We don't see that further, but we'll find on Facebook these Negroes always talking about what they're going to do when they're ready to do it, how they're going to do it. Niggas ain't done shit. Just they don't do nothing. They ain't going to do nothing. It ain't going to do with that live and let live terminology that been branded and they have been brainwashed into their brain and so they're comfortable with the the oppression that they receive. But you know, here it is though. Here it is, brother. Those are for the, those are for, I'm talking about revolutionaries who will profess that they're going to shake a stick, who will profess that they will move the world. They're so angry and not going to do nothing. Don't have a solution, don't have a plan, don't have the, the wherewithal, the fortitude, nor the uh, perseverance to face their oppressor head on. Or in, to face their oppressor in any kind of way uh, uh, um, that is trying to begin to start some type of results. They won't go past the Facebook. And maybe a few protests you'll see these Negroes at. And I'm not knocking the protests. Every now and then, Injustices have to be awareness has to be brought again. Brought uh, awareness has to be brought 
to the injustices that we suffer as a people, but there needs to be a plan that goes further than just a protest and your picket signs and you're out there with a bullhorn and you don't find this in there. And then we wonder why the masses of people haven't bought into self-determination, understanding that we as a people can overcome any obstacle because the revolutionary leaders, I feel like in my mouth is closer to my ears, hasn't got a, a, a... a comprehensive grasp of revolution and hasn't put that information out there in a manner that the masses of people will bite onto it, will accept it, and will begin to enact it in their lives. You know what I'm saying? So it's easier to fear because we constantly see them using terror tactics against us. So I understand why the masses begin to fear these people. Because we don't see anybody standing up to them. Like you said, Brother Robert, you know, we'll roll all from the other side of town to roll on a so-called enemy and be murdered and maimed blatantly yeah, and obviously, and, and, you know what I'm saying, and won't do anything about yeah. it. Let me go to this um, yeah. phone line, really, because this person been holding. 832-6151, your mic is open. Black Power, all power to the people. Black Power, all power to the people, brother. What's going uh, on, Chairman? I, did, Chairman Griffin. I actually wanted to chime in to what the brother was saying, uh, Honorable Chairman, and then the Honorable uh, National Chief of Staff uh, said it the best. You know, it's self-sacrifice. You know, when we look at the common mind and the common the common person, uh, don't want to sacrifice, you know, society, social functions that they they uh, function in every day. You know, when... Um, when 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 you striving for revolution, uh, the honorable chief of staff says, you know, we we the solution as well as the reason. If 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 we the solution and the problem is still still occurring, then we the reason why it's not occurring because we haven't stopped it. You know, and a lot of a lot of the common mind don't want to accept that sense of responsibility. Black power. Mm. Mm. Black power, brother. I'm gonna leave your mic open, Chairman Griffin, just in case you want to jump back in here. But that's that's yes, that's sir. absolutely right. I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, we are we 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 are that. We have to be the motivators. You know, but it goes back, like I said, there again to the whole topic of what I'm talking about. Knowing what we knowing where we came from, why we have chosen to be revolutionaries, as opposed to integrationists, as opposed to reformists, as opposed to any other philosophy for black life out there, why we chose the revolutionary lifestyle, why we chose the philosophy and ideology of revolution. But you have to know the other things, the other options, and where the and how this philosophy and ideology evolved into what it is today. And yeah. a lot of people, and, and, and a lot of us, don't know it. And a lot of us pretend, and I'm not saying any of us on these lines, prayerfully, you know, or, and I know no, that, and I know that, you know, and I know nobody definitely in the People's, people's Black Panther Party for self-determination, but for the man, we're talking about these other people masquerading as so-called revolutionary leadership or revolutionary guides or whatever title that they're giving themselves, that not understanding the where they came from and why they chose this. When you don't understand that, you don't really grasp the responsibility and obligations of being a revolutionary. We don't grasp the, uh, the, the responsibility and obligations of being a revolutionary. And when we don't grasp that, it leaves a divide. It makes it hard to communicate with the masses of people because we start to get, we become uh, self, 
we become disillusioned. We become, you know, we think that we are the revolution, that it's about mm-hmm. self-grandizement, that we become the deep ones, that we become, uh, uh, it's all about us and how knowledgeable we are and look at us and, 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 and all of these other things that are irrelevant to the advancement, empowerment, liberation of African people in America. That's the, big, that's the biggest thing. It has you genuinely and sincerely have to have a love of the black masses, but you have to have a fortitude and a tenacity that will give you the ability to continue despite the obstacles faced as a revolutionary. We're not making any false promises, man. This is a difficult lifestyle. A lot of times it would be easier to be an integrationist. It would be easier to put the suit on and to shave my locks and to shave my beard and to go in there and, and you know, be Benjamin on you Negroes. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and go in there and talk to talk and walk to walk and sell out the capitalist America and get the money and just forget about the struggle and the advancement of African people. It, it seems like it would be, I said it would be easy. It seems like it would be easier, but knowing my nature, it probably would destroy me. Mm. It probably would destroy me. Go ahead, brother. You were saying something? I'm sorry, brothers. I'm trying to talk through this thing, and I'm coming over a cold, so <clears throat> if you hear me with the cough and taking a little time, is I'm trying to, you know, make sure that I maintain a little bit. I don't want to overdo it because I haven't been feeling well for the last couple of days, weather change. Um, but so this is these are the things that we're talking about. This is what... This is what we as as a people have to know. And I say, and here's why all of this is important. Here's why all of this is important. The reason that is important because as a revolutionary, you must embrace your history. You must know the evolution process. You have to embrace your history. Justice, did you want to say something? You know, I'm quiet, and you did such a dynamic job on the last show. Um, come well, on, I'm to say something. Actually, I'm just listening, um, and when the brother said, you know, the majority of the people are really afraid, that's rightfully so, and it's a scary thing, but that's what courage is all about, you know. We can sit and talk about courage once the, once the crisis is over, but I, we all know about being in the crisis with this cracker and having to stand alone because ain't nobody there with you, and you still stand by what you said from the door. Y'all not getting away with this. And you tell them to their face that they're a bunch of criminals. When you're able to do those types of, uh, some folks can say that's what they, they don't have. They don't have the audacity. They don't have the dare, the, 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 the dare to dream, as you said, um, Brother National. They don't have the dare to dream to say what it is that they want to say. And then when, even when I walk away, I'll be saying, I wish I had said this and I should have said that. But the bottom line was I know that when they call themselves allocuting, and y'all that know, that know the word allocute, when they said that, I quoted, I, I quoted when the uh, when we were able to when they gave us the right, which is civil rights, is something they give you. When they gave us the right and run for public office, I quoted that from 1965. That was what you want me to allocute. This is what I'm going to allocute. So with that, I say black power. And, you know, like I said, um, being able, the courage of these young brothers to be able to say what they're saying and to actually be convicted to it. 
And the one thing we love about you, Brother National, is that you are able to be convicted to the things that you're saying. I've actually seen you in situations where your convictions came into play and you moved on your convictions. That's what I'm talking about. There's a whole lot of folks. It ain't so much fear. They coward. Fear is one thing, but being a coward is another thing. And, 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 and fear, we can, we can attribute that to a child. We can say a child is fearful. But a, an adult, in a situation where you know right from wrong and you know something's going wrong and you're going along with it, you're a coward. And cowards need the same poetic justice that Shay Rivera gave. And, and the thing is, again, on the air, I'm not promoting any type of violence, but by the same token, something has to be done with these individuals. Yeah. That is the very same show that we have right now, the very same show that we have. If some of y'all search out social media, I can guarantee you you're going to see some people who have listened either online or offline, and they're going to do their own rendition of this very same show. And these are the same individuals that we know personally, personally have no have no substance behind anything that they do and say. Because what they say, try that spirit, buy that spirit, that's exactly what was done, and the individual had nothing behind it. But they will take this show and other shows, and they will do their own rendition like it came from them. And imagine the people that are listening to them that are actually saying, oh, this brother got something here, or this sister got something here. Let me, you know, let me get a little closer. Let me find out. And then come to find out ain't nothing behind it. There's nothing mm-hmm. behind it. So that, like I said, you know, black power to, 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 to all you um, brothers and sisters on here, because, I mean, um, this, is, this thing is not easy. This thing is not easy because we all got families. You got a family, yeah, we all got families. We all had to leave our family for, 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 for our political views for, on, on, one, on one turn or another, for one thing or another, because this cracker just didn't like what we had to say, scared that we're going to be able to cause a, mo- a movement. But the bottom line is the good thing about this, the good thing about this movement is that there are no leaders. There's nobody you can point That's to. That's right. And because right. they couldn't point, and because they couldn't point to nobody, they came up with the black identity extremists. So, oh, mm-hmm. so now you're just gonna blanket people, mm-hmm. and it's gonna be whoever you say it is. So, you know, since that's the case, you know, the way I feel about it, you know that that um, I saw something that kind of disturbed me. I saw a, 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 a police officer had a little fourteen-year-old girl on the ground. He was punching her in her kidneys. He was punching that. her. But she couldn't get her hands. But did you see how he grabbed her shorts and pulled her shorts above her uh, above her bottom? No, I didn't see that part. He was pulling her shorts up, and I was like, "Oh my goodness! What part of her shorts do you need to get her hands from under? She couldn't get her hands from under her stomach because they was on her back. Yeah. So these are these are the kind of things that they should never get away with. You know, yeah. there need to be some drillers in the midst when that kind of thing goes down. So, like I said, yeah. black power and, you know, black power and all power to, 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 to the brothers behind the walls because I know, how, I know how it goes down. I know how it goes down. I know the peril that you put, your, you put yourselves in just to be able to listen and to have something to say on this show. And black power to everybody that's listening and all power to the people. And to you, Brother Chairman, a special black power and a shout out for being able to be consistent. Well, I thank you, Minister. And that's 
Black Power, man, and that's what's up, and that means the world coming from you, Minister, um, definitely a National Minister of Justice, who, I, listen, I share the same sentiment. I know you don't play. I just seen you get down. We didn't got down together, you know what I'm saying? So I know how that how that thing rocks. Um, but absolutely, when we go back to and we're talking about this, this, this fear thing that has embraced, and I like what you said, you know, fear, you can chalk that up to children having fear. When you're an adult, and should have some convictions, and should have some morals and some principles, not to stand on anything is just quite cowardly. I think that was so adequately put. There's no other way to put that. And that's what we see happening now is cowardliness, cowardliness. And we find it in our people. And here's what saddens me. We find it in the so-called movement amongst those people who have said that they will take the banner, that they will take the torch, and light the way, that they will lead the path. Deliberation, putting, sacrificing themselves or their finances or whatever for the advancement of African people. Yet when it's time to show and prove, you find no proof. You find a lot of show, but you find no proof. And this is what we go against, and this is the sad part. And then, like she said, you will find people that will come back and that will listen to our programs and watch our lives and our videos and come and add a little bit more to theirs you know, to enhance what they're talking about. But this is why it's dangerous. And this goes back to my last show. I don't want to digress, but it goes back to my last show because, I, you know, hey, listen, I caught a little flat, not just from my guy. You know, I got a – some of it was, 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 was good. I, I accept constructive criticism. I got a good brother out there, um, Camus, uh, who called me personally, and he was like, listen, man, I have some concerns about the show. Make sure you're not being divisive. And it was sincere. I felt the revolutionary love coming from the brother. That's some real talk. I honestly felt revolutionary love coming from the brother. But I've, I had other people coming on, and they didn't particularly care with what I had to say. And my whole thing was I wasn't trying to be divisive, and I wasn't trying to be argumentative. But what has happened now is for the sake of solidarity and unity, we have compromised our principles. And in compromising our principles, we have failed to be the guard, to be the guardians of not just the black liberation struggle, not just its philosophy and theology, but to be the champion of its cause by making sure that people, uh, that the masses of people are secure from uh, being oppressed and exploited by those people that say they, they are their sincere well wishes, advisors, and protectors. What I mean is, we have allowed serpents into the garden for the sake of mm-hmm. unity. Mm-hmm. For the sake of unity. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you something else. I'm gonna tell you one uh-huh. more thing. And I'm gonna start it like this. Now, I do not promote violence. Okay, but everybody, mm-hmm. everybody who know me, been knowing me for years. Uncle, been knowing me for my whole life. Yeah. I don't play the radio. I don't play dominoes. I don't play spades. Mm-hmm. And listen, so I wouldn't promote nothing I'm not with. It only takes, we know from the past history tell us it only takes three. It only takes four. It only takes seven. It only takes yeah. a few. It's going to take somebody. I'm, I'm militant as ever. I'm left, right, left. I ain't lying. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It, yeah. It's going to take something. It's going to take somebody, and it's going to take something so serious. You know what I'm saying? And, and, yeah. and, and you know, and, and like the brother said, it's going to be, it's, it's, it's going to take a sacrifice. It's going to take 
You know what I'm saying? You know, so and and I think that that is the real um, calling for these get-togethers that we have. You know what I'm saying? They didn't made insight such a terrible word when it's a beautiful word. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? This is to it's 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 to wake up the, the spirit, the soul, or whatever, whatever it's going to take to go ahead and push the button because this is the revolutionary yeah. we're talking about. It's not pretty. It's not going to be pretty. People no. are going to get hurt. Yep. People are going to lose their life. It's going to be bloodshed on both sides. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes mm-hmm. to push that button, it needs to happen. You know what I'm saying? So spirit, it needs to wake up. You know what I'm saying? It could be me. It could be you. It could be both of us. It could be someone not born yet. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. going to take it's going to take something so, so serious. It's going to take something oh, so serious because absolutely. what we're going through, what we're going through is 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 no people that ever walked this earth and had to endure this. I'm talking about time and time and time again. You know what I'm saying? The, Jew, the Jews got reparations. They run the damn world. Yeah. They got, yeah. They got reparations yeah. for their struggle. Yep. Yeah. And what we get. Our 40 acres, I want you to look it up. Our 40 acres and the mule, what they promised us, the government been giving away land for, for about 70 years, okay? They had to be in our land. Y'all said something else about 40 acres. They've been giving away land almost a century, and we ain't got nothing. Mm-hmm. We ain't mm-hmm. got nothing, not one bit of it. So we're going to let mm-hmm. these folks spit in our face, drag us in it, and then pick us up, straighten us up, and say, find your way home. Find your own way out here. It's a wonderful world. It's full of opportunities. I want you to do the best. Like, that's crazy. That don't yeah. make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in, you know, the, in this technology, I want to give a token to the technology. You know what I'm saying? Because guess what? People recording. Yeah, they're not saying nothing yet. But guess what I tell people all the time when I'm out there on the walk? Sometimes all it takes is to say something. You see the police doing too much. You you ain't got to stop. Just yell it over your shoulder. Hey, y'all doing too much. Do what you can. Don't just turn a yeah. blind eye to it. Let the boy yeah. go. He ain't got that's, nothing. That's right. Sometimes that's all it takes. Pull your car over and, and, and honk your horn. Maybe it'll do something. You know what I'm saying? But stop yeah. walking by like ain't shit going on because yeah. these your people. And guess what? If you keep letting it go on, it'll be your children. Yeah, they didn't. It'll we be didn't your got bad out here. You keep letting it go on. Yeah, like you said, we didn't got bad out here, man. Just like uh, Minister Justice was talking about, they filmed uh, a 14-year-old girl getting punched by the, you know, by the police. Somebody actually pulled out I a camera I seen and filmed it. Listen, the last time I seen a sister getting hit by the police, I ended up in jail. Yeah, I, I don't know about nobody. I didn't think about a cell phone. I didn't think. Only thing I could do is think about going locking up with the cracker. Because I wasn't right. raised like that. I can't sit here and watch you beat no woman. I don't even too much like the chick she, he was he was beating on. That's mm-hmm. the only thing I don't like the sister he was beating on like that. You know what I'm saying? But I couldn't sit there and let that go down. You know, but yeah, that's because the, that's the, because guess what? If if you touch somebody who's who's a part of this of this inside circle with these white folks, they gonna they gonna put their hoods on. They are gonna come get oh, you. Goodness. I don't care where oh, you they is. They gonna oh. hook the damn truck yeah. up to your front door. Yeah. And pull it yeah. off the hinges. They ain't bullshit. Yeah, yeah you better believe they that. They're going to pull you it off the hinges. That. 
And guess you better believe that. You know what I'm saying? So when we get to the point where we can't fight back in the same manner that they fighting in, it's a, it's a losing battle. How you going to win like that? How you going to win like that if they call you and say, hey, meet me at the square, we're going to shoot it out, and you still show up with your brass knuckles? They letting us know what it is every day. Yeah. They letting you yeah. know what it is every day, and you steady ignoring it. I don't understand. And that's where you go back to the fear. These niggas are scared. Yeah. They're scared. Bro, what would you say, Justice? Justice, nah, you want to say something? He's right when, when – uh, you know, like, shoot, uh, got go back to Hammurabi's law, you know, 949. Because when you start beating on our children, because first of all, you know, they they have, uh, they call dices, ACS, anything. If your child has any, we can got to the point where we, our kids fall, we scared to take them to the doctor because they might light us up. But the police yeah. can get to the minor child and beat your child like that, and it's okay. Who is going to challenge that? Why is that never challenged? She's a minor. Yeah. <clears throat> that that's yeah. she was a minor. You had for for one thing, you you're not supposed to handcuff no minors. For one thing. Yeah. And for another thing, throwing her on the ground and beating her and the way he was punching her, that's when I realized that they were kidney punches. That was the damage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and he punching the full force. You, yes, you gotta look at the video where he grabs the, the the bottom of her short and pull pull it up above her bottom. I'm like, oh, what was that supposed to be about? Yeah, I can't, yeah, I, you know, it's hard for me to watch over here. Yeah. This is why, you but know, so this the, is one of the things about... Go ahead. No, I was just saying, so the molestation, you know how sadistic they are with snuff movies and all that madness. So, you yeah. know, like... They 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 doing that to this fourteen year old girl and something should have been done. Matter of fact, something is gonna get done about that. Cause I mean, how can mm-hmm. her daddy look at that? How can her mm-hmm. daddy look at it? All brothers or uncles? But we know all about that. <laughs> we know all about how men stand around and watch while something yeah. is going down. <laughs> but yeah. And 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 and, 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 and I'm gonna tell you one more. Now I'm gonna tell you something else. Now if you mess with the right people. And guess what? The police will pull up on you and let you know, oh, we can't save you. So what's the difference? So what's yeah. the difference? They'll, they'll tell you, oh, ain't nothing we can do. You you know who you didn't mess with? You didn't mess with them Winchesters or whoever or whoever it may be. You know, you don't never know till it's too late anyway. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Guess what? When I come home, you know what I'm saying, uh, they're going to feel me. And that's on everything. You already know my history. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to feel yeah. me. It's, manda- it's mandatory. Because if, if it was a scoreboard, we weighed down. It ain't no other yeah. way to look at it. It ain't no other way to look at it. Ain't no accident or none of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like if you're in a relationship and it gets abusive. There ain't no accident. You're like, oh, that's just how it is. That's how, how she is. Or that's how he is or however. Ain't no accident. You just accept it. We got to a point in this relationship that we got going on with this with this society, economic, with this class and everything that we got going on in America, we have accepted the relationship. We accept yeah, it. man. Ooh, 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 ooh. Don't get me man. started Damn, in here tonight. Oh, my God. Because I'm, I'm going to sweat. I'm boy, you, boy, I know you might. Yes, finished. Lord, hey. I know you might. I know you might. Hey. I know you I my hate. sister's boy. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, I know you now are. Boy. That's that. right. We are in. 
we are in an abusive relationship and we suffer from battered wife syndrome. We think this is the norm. We just sit back and accept these black eyes, broken bones. I know there's a whole lot of people that want to press one. They really need to get in on this one because I see the board. Yeah, jump on in. Listen, we see you guys on the line. Yeah, we appreciate you guys for spending your Tuesday with us. We got Minister Justice on. We got Chairman James. We got my Lieutenant Robert on. We got Chairman Griffin on. Yo, it's hot. I got my staff on here. He's giving up. If any other time, you're going to get the, you know, some of my hitters. I got a few more people on. I don't know if my Minister of Defense is on. A couple other people that are on. But, you know, I got some of my hitters on tonight. So if y'all want to hear about where this People's Black Panther Party for Self-Determination is coming from, our ideology, our philosophy, our position on social issues and everything we're talking about, man, hit one. Get up in here because they, they on the roll. But, you know, I want to jump in there, too, and throw this in there. This is why I believe in uh, power to the people, all powers to the people. To go back to talk about something um, Chairman James was saying, and if y'all don't know who Chairman James is, sometimes I call him Hakeem. So, you know, you just bear with me. But what Chairman James is saying, um, when we talk about it, this is why I believe in power to the people, because I believe when you inform the masses of the people that you're not going to have to put your hands on anybody. Once these masses become informed about the, the injustices being perpetrated against them and that they can do something collectively, you're going to see the change. And the change is not going to, even if it doesn't start with the system outright, I'm going to tell you who's going to need to be leery, who's going to need to be aware. And that's these pseudo-revolutionaries, these phony revolutionaries. Because when the masses of people find out that you're teaching a false doctrine, that you're coming in and you're flodging and you're faking and you're flexing and you're false flagging, all that good stuff is being a revolutionary, it's going to be the masses that tear your ass limb from limb. That's what's going to happen. You know, but one of the things that has to happen with, with us as um, African people, as a collective, we have to start to begin, I would love to see us, begin to think as a collective. See, when we think individually, we'll sit back and watch a 14-year-old get uh, jumped on. We'll sit back and watch these atrocities because we'll say, it isn't me. It isn't my family member. As long And nobody believes doo-doo stinks until they smell it. You know what I'm saying? I didn't like the police. But I wasn't as angry with the police or as active against the police till they shot my damn nephew and left him for dead. Taking forever to call the ambulance, trying to kill him. They did. That. They did the that. Yeah, they did you like that. You know what I'm saying? So that brought it that brought it home to me. You know what I'm saying? And it's a shame that it, it takes these type of incidents for really, you know, and I've always been outspoken. Yeah, we need to stop this. But until you get a call, until my sister called me telling me, yo, your nephew in the house, we don't know if he's going to, we don't know if he's going to walk. Shit, they didn't shot the boy, did it, did it, yada, 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 and we thought he was dead, and so on and so forth. And then it kicks in that activism to an extra level. It shouldn't take that. It shouldn't take that. We have to make it our mission to make this revolution felt. We have to find ways to address the people right where they at so they begin to take this in their heart and begin to enact it and live it because this is the only solution. Revolution at this point, black nationalism at this point, self-empowerment at this point is not a luxury we have to be a hobby. It's the only thing to ensure and guarantee our survival because their attack against us is blatant and racist. I mean, blatant and plain. The racist attack against us is blatant and plain. They don't disguise it. 
They don't disguise it. So then we have to begin to do what it takes to combat it. We have to stop trying to find ways to survive with it. How long will we be a people of survival? Well, you got to survive. I got to survive. Try to survive, my nigga. I'm just about surviving. When are we going to begin to thrive? You're right as a human being on this planet Earth to thrive. Even in this country, you didn't ask to be here. You were here. You were brought here. And for those people that don't believe in the myopia of the slave trade and say we was indigenous to this land, okay, I'm not here to argue that point right now. Eventually we'll get a show on that. But right now, even if you was indigenous to this land, your treatment, you're still treated like a nigger. So with that, when will you get past the point of just wanting to survive, going with your head ducked low, your tail between your legs, trying to not make waves, being quiet, uh, 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 back of the bus type of philosophy and mentality? Why we have to stand up, black people. We have to stand up and begin to do for self. This is what the whole self-determination is about. We've tried every other option. This is what I'm talking about was the black power movement birthed from the civil rights movement. You've tried that with the civil rights movement. Go study it. You've tried the integration. You've tried the assimilation. You've tried the yes a bows, yes a ma'am. you tried dressing like them, looking like them, talking like them, acting like them, walking like them. Why, you even got a white house with a white fence and a white and black dog named Spot. You've done everything that you could possibly do to fit into the American dream, to be accepted as a so-called American citizen in their American dream, not in the America that was given to you, and still no inclusion. No equality, mm-hmm. no right. You're beat mm-hmm. down and you're murdered. You're maimed, you're castrated, you're incarcerated. You're all things that they do to a slave, to a nigger, to a so-called second-class citizen, to a has-been, to an undesirable, whatever name that they're giving you to justify the treatment against you. Now it is time for you to realize I don't need your endorsement. I don't need to be equal to you. Who are you to be equal to? It is time for me as a black person in African here in America to rise up and not only survive because I've done the survival thing for 475, 500 years, but now it's time for me to thrive time for me to have my own, to be my own person, to defy my own destiny, to have my own culture, even if it's within this land right here. So knowing what the civil rights, knowing why the black power movement was birthed out of the civil rights movement is important because then we see why these elements in the so-called civil rights movement, the Stokely Carmichael's and the uh, uh, H. Browns before they became Kwame Turi and Jamil Abdullah Alameen and so on and so forth, the Robert Williams and so on and so forth, to understand why they became disenfranchised, disgruntled with the so-called civil rights movement and how the black power movement was birthed. It's important to know so that you don't keep, keep recreating the wheel. So that you don't keep thinking that we missed something in that era. That if we go back and try that, maybe if we just uh, buck dance a little better, maybe if I say yes or boss, uh, uh, you know, in his language a little more, then I'll be accepted. You have to know that we have tried, we have exhausted every avenue. We have tried every measure and means to be included and accepted by them, and it will not work because segregation, racism is embedded in, in the fabric, is in, uh, interwoven in the fabric of America. It's interwoven mm-hmm. in the fabric of America. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a part of 
what makes America great again. Racism, discrimination, a superior class and inferior class, and elitism. All of those things, that sexism, you got Mr. Grabbing by the pussy in, in, in office. What do you think he cares about a woman? Hmm. Sexism is the order of the day. So you have all of these things that uh, people have fought to overcome. And there's another two side note. Side note about the Black Power Movement. The Black Power Movement gave birth to all those other movements. You see what I'm saying? Even the so-called. I tell them all the movement. time. I tell them all the time. I tell it, them it, all gave, the time. It, it gave birth to all those other movements. And what they did was derail our movement. They segregated. They divided us. They divided us. They came up with the feminist movement, took our black woman. Why you did it? And got her in the feminist movement. When that issue of black male, of black male and black female uh, uh, disparities and um, division should have been addressed within the black movement. We don't need Susie. We don't need a, a Becky to come in and tell our woman nothing. Our woman deals with us. She knows how to deal with our hard-head self. And we don't need Billy Bob Thornton to come in and tell us nothing about our woman. Why we've contributed to making one another. The black woman has aided in making the black man what he is, and the black man has damn sure aided and contributed in making the black woman into what she is, whether that's good or bad, sweet or bitter. We did that. So the, the reformation, the change, the reform has to stay within our movement, that being a black power movement. We allow these outside forces to come in and begin to separate us, to tell us what issue is this and what issue is that, when we know that the predominant issue is that of race. I don't care what anybody will tell you, class, this and that. You can have all the money. What's the brother's name? Uh, I want to say, what is his name? Gates something, Gates Jr. The brother that's on PBS or something, you know, brother has some money. Brother locked himself out of the house in a affluent neighborhood, a, a you know affluent neighborhood, rich neighborhood. Locked himself out of his house. Was going through his window to get in his own house. Police came and harassed him. So I don't care how much money you think you got. Look at Bill Cosby. Shit, that's an even better example. I don't care who you think you are, what you think you are, how much money you think you have. You will never be included into white America. The white American dream is not your dream. It's not made for you. It's not made for you. You're only a character in the white American dream. <laughs> You're only everybody, you know, everybody thrives here, but us. You come from Korea, yeah. don't know, don't know not one English word except bye. Yeah. Okay. Bye. And you will make a fortune in the poorest of neighborhoods. Wow. And they ride together. You should see them. Yeah. They ride together. Yeah. yeah. Talk shit to you. Everything. No, not. It's America. That's what they tell you. This is America. Yeah. 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 Because them jokers are not intimidated by them. They're not intimidated by the Korean. The Korean doesn't have the history that the black American has. They fear you. And one of the reasons they fear you is because they've wronged you. And they think, you know, you can know, the thief always thinks somebody's trying to steal from them. They don't understand that we don't want to do to them what they did to us. We don't have the time for that. We ain't got the time for that. In fact, our nature, we don't even have the nature for devilment. 
to the degree, to that degree. Man, I just sit here and sat on my glasses, family, and broke my glasses. Ooh, ooh, so we, And I'm blaming the white man for it. It's always the white man's fault. Um, <laughs> it's always his fault. So they don't have the, they don't have the, um, they don't have the, they're not afraid of them because they haven't done to any other people what they have done to the African here in America. And well, so they're I'm fear, watching, fear I'm, I'm prepared. I'm watching how they gentrify in Chinatown. They gentrifying yeah. and them, them Chinese, them Chinamen are going crazy, but they gentrifying over there. I'm watching that one. <laughs> okay. Well, they're going to learn something about this president, though. This president, if you ain't white, you ain't right. Let's go to our phone lines again, 407-8494. Your mic is open. Greetings, brother. Uh, thanks for taking my call. The uh, the brother you were trying to the the brother you were trying to think of is uh, Henry Louis Gates. Um, Henry Louis Gates, the, that's his name. Yeah. Um, I wanted to uh, I guess respectfully disagree on the uh, the uh, the idea that black the Black Power uh, movement, so to speak, was birthed from civil rights. Um, and the reason for I say that is because of uh, Kwanzaa the Nguzo Saba, when the brother introduced the holiday, um, he introduced, you know, and I know we're often, you know, I'm not going to rehash the, the seven principles, the, the, the imani, the imani and the uh, self-determination and all of those things. Um, these are all principles that are, uh, indent, are, are, are essential to black power. They are about yes. racial identity, black identity. And where this, what this brother did, was to go back through our history, back, back, back before America to find those basic uh, principles of black power and bring them to the forefront. So those principles, those ideas, though the term black power may not have been made uh, popular until the 60s by or 50s or whoever was the so-called first to say it, the reason that it had to be said was because prior to that, back when the Nguzo Sabo wasn't in America, so to speak, uh, was because those principles were just a way of life. If you'd have said black determination yeah. to somebody in, in Angola before, you know, white folks showed up, they'd have been like, what are you talking about? This is just life. But having come to this land and cats like Prince Hall back in, in uh, 1796 or so, um, trying to get the, the government to uh, pay for uh, – sending black folks back to Africa or to institute black schools and ended up having to do it himself. That was a black power move. Um, but the reality is what happened is that the civil rights or state rights, um, uh, because of the state that is America, uh, came to be seen as a way to our, you know, liberation or whatnot by some folks. And because this government has always, always wanted us integrated, but, on their terms. They've always wanted us to be a part of their society, but in certain mm -hmm. terms, like you said a while ago, even even President Lincoln, wonderful cat that he was, said that God. if he had to see if he wanted if he had to see uh, uh one America, he he wanted one America, 
But if he had to see a, a, a superior and an inferior, of course he wants the white man to be in the superior. So they wanted us here, yes, but they wanted to make sure that we were in a certain position. And the way that they did that was to support movements like uh, the NAACP, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, was espousing, integrating, that they could control, which, by the way, you know, uh, NAACP growing out of the Niagara movement, which was a response to Booker T and his so-called accommodationalist ideas, which basically was kind of a black power move on his part because it was, you know, bump the Jim Crow and trying to, to, to change the laws and all of that. Let's get our own stuff together, build our own school, do, 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 which, again, that's the Nguzo Silo. That's self-determination. That's black power. So I I have to say down through the years, black power has always existed. It just didn't need to be named until we forgot the most basic uh, idea of black power, and it's to know thyself. We forgot who we were. So some cats named Stokely and Malcolm and Elijah and and Marcus said, okay, we need to codify and come up with a how-to manual on how to be black in response to so the, the, the codification of, of black power, yes, I would agree with you, grew out of, uh, was a response to the overwhelming power and weight of civil rights. But the idea and the essence of black power has existed ever since black people have been black people. And unfortunately, in this day Absolutely. and age, black power is only, only a good idea and nothing else. And Thank nothing you, else, man. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Because I agree with what you're saying, brother. I agree with what you're saying. But here, here's what I'm saying. I totally I agree with what you're saying. Because, but like you said, in Africa, it wasn't black power. It was power. You know what I'm saying? That was our way of life. And when I say the black power movement here in America is birthed out of the civil rights movement, that's what I mean, that it, it becoming a – but like, like Brother Ward, like my chief of staff just texted me, and I think that he explained it. He said, "Not necessarily a birth, but a rebirth." I, I think that is. I think that is so uh, cheap, man. That's excellent. And you need to start getting on this line too, brother. I'm not gonna keep letting you get away with these texts, man. So you start pressing that one. But um, yeah, absolutely. You know, we were we were in power when we were in our thing. But over here, when you're in a place where we weren't the power, could we consider it? Could we consider the movement towards black power the birth of that in America? Brother, your mic is still open, too. Uh, brother, if you, you see if you're still on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't introduce myself. That's real rude. I, I, I apologize for that. Uh, brother E, but, yeah, I'm still here. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, it, it definitely was a, a rebirth uh, and a reaction to us being lost in the wilderness. You know, mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, on that point, I would definitely <laughs> call it a, a rebirth. I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That I, I think, and, and Chief Wolf again, a credit, a credit National Chief of Staff, uh, Brother Wolf, you know, for that insight, you know. And I and, and I would go with rebirth. I, I'm still kind of leaning towards birth a little bit because I think that when we were taken, you know, I believe in the Maafa. I believe in the Atlantic slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade. When we were taken from Africa and brought over here, we were powerless. At one point in time, I, I, I feel like when you t- I'm talking about socially and politically, I'm not talking about spiritually or any other of those things, but at least socially and politically, at the very least those two, I feel like that we were powerless. And that, you know, uh, an attempt at reaffirming power, reestablishing power, or getting some type of power, if it's not reestablishing, at least 
establishing some type of power. We found them flirting with the civil rights movement, going into this whole civil rights movement. That not being enough for us, us seeing the shortcomings of that, the fallacies, where that wouldn't carry us. And so the black power movement, you know, you had the civil rights movement, and we said, like, yeah, later for that. We need something that is going to empower us in a land where we have been made powerless. And that's why I call it the birth of the black power movement right here in America. But when we're talking historically, black people have been in power, you know, and but wherever you find us, the majority, wherever you find us, um, like I said, the majority are in power. I don't know if we could, I don't know if I would call that black power. Like in Africa, where we, you know, black governments, I don't know if I would call that black power, but it is black power. It's crazy. Brother E, I think that's a good point, you know, um, that Brother E brought up. Anybody on anybody want to chime in on that? I think that is an excellent point. No, it, it, it was that prolific. It got everybody kind of quiet on that. But that's, you know, well, but it, I, that's what – go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say I, I would agree that to a degree we were powerless socially, but if we really look at it, when we were we were playing the role in Master's Faith, but then when we went back and when they barred us from getting married, we jumped the broom. So we yeah, created right. our own we created our own power circles, our own social circles. So that black mm-hmm. power, you know, again, co- the codification <laughs> and usage of the word, yes, absolutely, bring that on up to a response to to certain things. But the essence of what it is, whether we call it a movement, movement whether we call it the Nguzo Saba, whatever name or, or, or semantics we want to use with it, the idea has always been there because the idea is deeper in us than civil rights would ever be. You know, and I know you mm. know this. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm yes, just saying and clarifying right, you know, what, what my point is. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, share with us you know, what it's all about. Cre- creating the, the black churches and the, the, the African Masonic lodges back in the 1700s, you know, before there was even a, a civil war, before the U.S. was codified as the U.S., we were doing this. So, you know, Harriet Tubman freeing slaves, that was that was separation. That was black power. That was a refusal yeah. to, to, to jump into the state's rights or the civil rights. We don't want none of this. We ain't with that. We gone type of idea that had a resurgence with Malcolm and, and all of these other cats. You know, so, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, we disagree, disagree uh, we disagree, agree, and it's all. In fact, if, if, if you really look at any time, if, if black folk say, in, say we didn't have a right to vote today, which it, voting is whatever, but um, yeah. if we didn't have a vote, the right to vote right now and all black folks got together and said, you know what? I mean, all of us, every last one of us decided we're going to march for the right to vote. The very moment that black folks said we that's it. That's black power because now yes, we sir. have come together to determine our 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 future. So the very existence of one end of the spectrum necessarily uh, uh, creates or or shines light on the opposite end. So you can't have one without the other coming coming into birth. That's just and that's kind of my take with the whole. You mentioned the yin and the yang of it. Yeah. Getting states rights. That's wanting to blend in with somebody else's power and take part. The opposite of that is to establish your own power. So the two kind of have to coexist. But I definitely get what you're saying with the, the codification and the actual factual yeah. and, and that, that sort of thing was definitely a 60s, 50s type of a, 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 a rebirth. Yeah, absolutely. But, but and, 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 and like you said, go ahead, Justice Minister. Uh, uh, 
this is Dr. Justice. I'm, I'm, I'm saying, brother, what I hear you saying is that it takes something cataclysmic, cataclysmic in order for us to be able to come together and say, you know, um, okay, we're going to tackle this situation in order for us to have any black power. Because I think what is, what, is, what is more in our face is the killing of our babies. What is more in our face is the killing of, of, of black people. So where is, where is the black power? We're talking about, on, uh, if I'm hearing uh, the, the show correctly, we're talking about black power on a level that is clearly in our faces. I think um, uh, I think that the killing of our children and the killing of of black people in itself, the hangings that were found in D.C. and in Atlanta, these hangings, all these things that have taken place, are you? Uh, am I hear you saying that um, uh, it's going to take something more than that in order for us to come together and 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 um, and, and encompass some form of black power? Because if that's the case, we kind of late. Because we we behind the eight ball when it comes to the killing. I agree, and and no, that that's that's not really what I'm saying. Because the reality of it is, um, there's a book called 100 Years of Lynching that documents. Uh, uh, I think it was from 1865 to 1965. These thousands of, of Africans that were lynched across this country. So, so yeah. seeing black folks being 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 molested by the police and all of that. That's just you know, that's just prime time. That just came up, but we've always had this issue, and I know we all know this. No, no what I'm saying is that, which I guess it's kind of in the same vein, is that in order – I don't know if you all remember the Black Resurgence. I think that was the name of them. Back in the, the Q&M, I always say Q&M because, you know, the, the Panthers uh, in, in yep. L.A. and Oakland and all of that, Q&M, one of the things that they would do in order to, to gather a crowd, if there wasn't a crowd of black folks immediately available, is they would get these, some of these cats, um, these dance groups, uh, uh, street dancers. One of them was called the Black Resurgence. They've got them on YouTube. Yeah, check them out. They're pretty nice. Um, but what they would do is get these cats to come and put on a show, and then when enough of a, uh, a crowd had formed, then the party would step up and speak and, and do their thing. The reality mm. of it is we, fear will only get you so far. People being left yeah. and, and beat up and all of that will only get you so far. At some point, we have to have something besides a conversation to give to the masses of the people. White folk got LeBron James. White folk got Jay-Z. White folk got Kanye. Yeah. So they've, they've got all of this stuff that they can say, look, these are the successes of civil rights, of blending in, of being this and that. What yeah. we've done yeah. is, is to forget, when, with all of again, going back to forgetting with the whole, oh, we need to be in – Civil rights because sitting on sitting on the toilet next to white folks is, is being equal. That's what equal is. We exactly. have to get back to our real roots, which is building. We are builders more than talkers, more than anything. We build. That's right. But today, because That's we've given away that essence of our power to build to them, we build for them, but we don't build for us. So rather mm-hmm. than trying to, and this is a conversation me and uh, War used to have constantly banging heads all the time between recruitment and just doing. If we could sit up, pull our resources, stop worrying about trying to get people to come to the meetings, trying to get people to come. Those white folks had a movie years ago. I forget the name of some baseball movie. said, build it and they will come. If we got our four or five people, yeah, fill the dreams. We got four or five people, built our own field of dreams, bought a grocery store, a little grocery store, 
We could employ some black kids from the neighborhood. We could put yeah. money back and start offering scholarships for these cats, require them to come back and contribute after they get their degree. There's an organization called the, the Organization for Black Unity in San Antonio, Texas. Five people, five people. They have a K-12 through school. They have a museum, a bookstore, a library open to the public, a restaurant, several hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Five people are doing this. Yeah, yeah. And they don't, the they don't recruit. They don't recruit. And and you see, you've heard of them. They ain't never come to to California to recruit. They ain't go to D.C. to recruit. They just did the work. They did it. And so now they have their own LeBron James. There's a brother, a wonderful young brother named Oba, who last I talked to him was working on his Ph.D. with uh, Naeem Akbar, I believe, at uh, a FAMU out here in, in Florida. These are, So they have something that they can say, hey, we don't need to talk because we got the proof right here. We got the receipt. You want to see what we can do? Here it is. We don't need to recruit you. But in my opinion, no, we don't need to the, – the, the killings and the, the murders by the police and, and whoever else, that's going to be there. We ain't got to worry about that. That's going to happen. We need to start giving the people something positive to grab onto so that they're proud to say, hey, I'm black. It ain't nothing to be proud of black folk getting beat down by the police. That ain't nothing to be proud of. Proud of right just having a grocery store. Well, let me um, let me just get something in here real quick. Around the country, what's happening, especially in the large larger cities, the mayors are not allowing uh, the people to buy anything. You can't buy any property in North. You can't buy any property. They won't allow. They'll they'll gate it off, and they'll keep it like that for a few years because they're waiting for some developers to come in and build. They're not allowing anybody to build or buy anything, and so you know we kung fu fighting on a lot of different fronts when it comes to being able to have something to buy something and to do something with our own neighborhood. Uh, I'd like to, um, I was just telling the brother, I'd like to have Donna Jackson on um, so she can kind of put it out there for us and say she can know exactly what's going on in the large, in the large cities around the country because um, that is something that we would like to do. We would like to open our own stores, and we even have, we even have a program as to how we can put that together. And uh, and it just seems to be that the the the, the mayor's order or we had a show on the um, on the house media that's keeping us from liberation, and that's one of the things that they're doing. They're keeping us from buying property. Black power, to you, sir. Black power. Black power. Black power. I just want to say something real really quick. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it's a lot of. Uh, you know, I would love I would love for us to be able to move straight to that direction. But you know, if we don't show any backbone for any unity, mm-hmm. whatever we mm-hmm. buy, they will burn down. It's it's yeah, history no to tell you that. No doubt. And let me and let me jump in here too, because we're coming in our last five minutes, which I love that brother E came on. I hate he came on so so, so late in the show. Um, but you know, some of the things he, you, you were saying, brother, I agree with. Some I respectfully disagree with. One of the things being, you know, uh, us having power because we jumped the broom. I don't know if back then we'd have looked at that as any social power. I call that surviving. We did what we had to do survive. Right. I think that right. African right. people of African people of African nation begin to think that black power, when they will be empowered by being equal, that if we were given the same rights, and I think that as 
time advanced as we begin to see that that's a farce. First of all, our fighting for it through the tactics we're using nonviolence is a joke. I think that then the um, that which is innate in us, like you said, that came with us from Africa, begin to evolve into a more militant. Uh, approach to black power. I think that the civil rights movement was a black power movement. I, I think that even you had quote, quoted Booker T, who had in 1901 sat with Theodore Roosevelt in the White House. So I, his ass was integrationist, civil rights as they come. Robert Williams, like I said before, uh, with the NAACP and the whole civil rights era. But you see the militancy coming in. And I think as they begin to discover that the way they were going about trying to get their rights albeit civil rights, whatever, was a joke, then the black power movement as an ideology and philosophy, as a tactic and as a strategy, began to develop, not just as a concept. And that's what I mean by when I talk about this whole black power movement, I'm talking about it as being a ideological force, you know, it having a ideological substance of that black power meaning, in my, to me, of course, that being self-determination, black pride, uh, black institutions, some of the things that I quoted earlier. And I think that what Stokely now began to realize, and not just, you know, we say Stokely because he became one of the more prominent outspoken figures of the black power, so-called black power era, black power movement, began to realize that black power, that our power couldn't be had in trying to be equal to our oppressor, trying to be equal to this devil. Who is he to be equal to? And it definitely wasn't going to, our, power, our empowerment definitely wasn't going to be obtained through nonviolent measures. You know, nobody respects the man that you can slap on, beat on, do anything to, and then, you know, this person saying, now am I equal to your master? Now, you know, is my suffering enough for you to give me some type of rights? You know, um, so I think this is where they went. Listen, brother, I got two minutes, man. Got to have you on the show again. I want to thank everybody who tuned in, spent their Tuesday with us. Uh, check us out next Tuesday like we do it every time. Same place, same same, same uh, blog talk number. Listen, I leave you, brothers and sisters, as I greeted you, which is all powers to oppress people, African power to an African people, and black power. Black power. Black power. power. Black power. Yeah, Beverly. Black power. Yeah. yeah. Yo, all I need is one mic, one beat, one stage, one. <clears throat> my face on the front page. Only if I had one gun, one girl, and one crib, one God to show me how to do things. The sun did pure, like a cup of virgin blood. Mixed with 151, one sip will make a nigga flip. Writing names on my hollow tips, plotting shit, mad violence, who I'm gon' body, this hood politics, acknowledge it, leave bodies chopped up in garbage, seeds watch us, grow up and try to follow us, police watch us, roll up and...